Hey, Christy. It's it's time. Wait, where am I? What the heck am I doing on the beach? It's not vacation yet. We still have to record. Uh, Okay, okay. Maybe this is some kind of dream. Wouldn't be the first time I had a strange dream before the podcast. Let me just pinch my... Ow! Oh, okay, yeah. Feels pretty real. Wow, I can really smell the ocean, but there's nobody around. No houses, no roads. Hmm. Maybe I can find someone. Hello? Hello? Gosh, it's so empty here. How did I somehow leave Missouri? Wait, what's that up ahead? Hold there. You have entered the Forbidden Beach. Wait, what sort of creature are you? Ah, a talking ape! As is usual and correct, what sort of abomination are you to wash up on our shores? I must take you away to be studied. No, no, I gotta get away! Stop, you! (sighs) Okay, gosh, I think I lost him. What the heck was that? A sort of talking ape person? I can't even be on Earth. How did I get here? What sort of realm has my soul been commended to? Am I dead? Am I in a coma? Wait, wait. What's that sticking out here? Out of the sand. It's it's a Yeti microphone. It looks ancient. Oh, oh, wait. Here's a sensible mid-range tablet. No, no charge. This is so strange. No, no. Homework? Notebooks that are signed Christy? Oh, God. This isn't somewhere else. This is Earth. This is Missouri, where our home used to be. There's now a giant ocean. I've somehow been transported eons into the future. Oh, no, I can't believe it. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, darn you! Darn you all the heck! Chris! Chris! You fell asleep reading Marvel 8s. We've got to record. What? What? Wait, that was a dream? But I, but I pinched myself. That's not a real thing, Chris. You okay? Yeah, I just had a strange kind of dream. All right, well, enough monkey business. Ah, I, I mean, sorry. Uh, let's get to talking about comics. Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earth. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our patron-requested episode covering Marvel Apes. Yeah, this was this was one that was supposed to be a voted-on one, which we usually don't in- a- announce who did those. But nobody else requested any, so Marvel Apes won by default, and that was a Chris Osborne original. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Uh, this is a real quick one, just a four-issue story. Kind of, kind of fun, doesn't like it's not the capstone of any long run of comics. It's not a big status quo changer. Nope. It's it's one of the quirky little ones. Yeah. Gotta love a quirky little one. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Readers, we were be- between two trips, so we were trying to kind of record this and, and get it ready. We just saved up a lot of lot of leave from last year <laughs> when we didn't go anywhere. And by saved up a lot of leave, Chris means I'm a teacher and I just have the summer off. And right. Chris saved up a lot of leave. I saved up. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
So we're recording this a little bit earlier than when it comes out. So if there happens to be an iTunes review or something that we missed shouting out, it's because we recorded this early. We'll get to you. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Christy, let's not waste any time. Uh, let's get down to, to I was going to say brass bananas instead of brass tacks, but, it, you know, that doesn't really work. Brass monkey. <laughs> that funky monkey? <laughs> that was good. All right, let's hit that summary. Summary. Marvel Apes number one through four, written by Carl Kiesel, penciled and inked by Ramon Bach, colored by Javier Mena Guerrero, lettered by Jared K. Fletcher, edited by Tom Brennan, Stephen Wacker, and Tom Bravort. Issue one. One evening, down on his luck, supervillain slash hero, Marty, a.k.a. The Gibbon, allows researcher Dr. Fiona Fitzhugh to run some tests on his unique physiology. See, The Gibbon is a mutant, but he basically just looks like an ape. Not too complicated. She seems to think his physiology is related somehow to a Doppler dimensional shift, and after some lab hijinks using some interdimensional machine, they are sucked into another universe, where a jungle-covered New York is populated entirely by talking apes. Fiona quickly has to find a disguise, as apes think she is some horrifying monster. Before she and the Gibbon can figure out too much more, the amazing spider monkey, who is exactly what he seems like, teams up with an ape speedball and an unknown masked luchador hero called Ape X to thwart some super crime, specifically Dr. Octopus. Gibbon helps them out, and the super apes want to take him to... Ape Avengers Tower. They quickly figure out Fiona isn't quite ape, and she agrees to visit this universe's Reed Richards. Gibbon meets all the cool super apes, culminating in a meeting with Captain America, where Gibbon is asked to join the big leagues. Top bananas, as it were. Reed is astonished that Fiona is not simply a transformed ape, and he reveals that the Cosmic Ray incident in this universe changed Sue into a human, but he sees tons of new possibilities. And Cap brings the Gibbon to their trial of Dr. Octopus deep in the basement. It is less than judicial, though, as the gathered apes savagely beat the defenseless villain to a pulp as Cap asks Gibbon if he's with them or not. Issue 2. Cap Ape tells all the other super apes to leave before introducing Gibbon to the ape invaders, including Namor and Bucky, who put Doc Ook out of his misery. Flash forward, and the Gibbon absolutely doesn't trust Cap, but also doesn't openly confront him. Reed thinks they can bring Gibbon and Fiona back to the 616, and Fiona agrees to help with the Gateway. While the Gateway is being built, Marty tries to be cagey with the other superheroes about Earth 616, and one of their hangouts is interrupted by the appearance of Ape Wolverine, whom the other superheroes try to capture for Cap. Gibbon sneaks away and helps Wolverine, leaving everyone else unawares. Two nights later, the Gateway is ready, and Fiona and Marty prepare to leave, but the Gateway needs Fiona as a focus rather than Marty, and when poor Marty tries to help, he is mega-zapped. Cap comes in with intentions to invade the human world, wrecking Marty with his shield. Reed Richards shows up to fight Cap, oddly grabbing a wooden stake to try to kill him. Cap overpowers him, though, killing Reed and revealing himself and all the invaders as vampires? Sure. Oh, also, Cap's super soldier serum means sunlight doesn't affect him. Okay. 
Fiona and Marty flee, and Cat plans to doctor the closed-circuit cameras to frame Marty and Fiona while preparing to invade the human world for an endless supply of tasty blood, making an excuse that it's a preemptive strike against the savage human world. After escaping, Marty is confronted and overpowered by Speedball, getting knocked unconscious in the process. However, he wakes up later in the Sanctum Sanctorum, surrounded by Speedball and the resistance to Cap. Issue 3. Cap calls Ape X into his office, commending him on recent accomplishments but also giving him the task of finding the traitors Marty and Fiona, and Ape X wonders if they've been taken in by the outcasts. They absolutely have, and after a brief misunderstanding, the crew, including Speedball, Wolverine, and Dr. Druid, explain that they hide out in this kind of pocket dimension where they strike at the vampire heroes. They explain that Cap and the invaders were turned during World War II, and also that Cap isn't really Cap, but the Nazi vampire Baron Blood, who, in drinking the real Cap's blood, kind of became him? Anyway, the real Cap was never found. Marty has a plan which needs the ape Hulk's alter ego, Dr. Bananer. The crew takes a plane over the North Atlantic, where Hulk has turned back to Bruce and is using his smarts to build a machine to detect simian life. They find faint life signs, and it turns out Ape Cap is frozen in the sea. Surprise, surprise! Before they can thaw him, the invaders show up to scrap. They trade blows, but Namor gets the upper hand on Speedball and attempts to drown him, only for the thawed Cap to give him a massive smack. The invaders flee, but in the confusion, grab Marty and Fiona. Cap is convinced that these are the good guys, and they regroup to take the fight to the vampires. Issue 4. Apex and Vampire Cat beat up Marty, trying to get Fiona to open up the portal. Poor Apex is kind of being manipulated here, so we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Fiona finally agrees and starts to activate the machine, putting up images of heroes from the 616. Vampire Cap hypes the heroes up, saying they'll wreck these scrawny humans. Meanwhile, Marty has been playing possum and is planning on leaping through the gateway with Fiona as soon as it's activated. However, the outcasts Kool-Aid man through the wall and the fighting starts. Marty gets knocked out by a falling tree branch, yikes, and Speedball fights with Vampire Cap. The villain explains that Hulk was a double agent as Bruce Bananer hopes the vampires can free him of his Hulk persona. Vampire Cap throws his shield at Speedball, but it bounces off and is caught by the real Cap. The invaders reveal themselves to be vampires, and now everyone realizes what's up and piles on them. Vampire Cap turns into full barren blood and cruelly bites into Speedball. Marty tries to stake the villain in return, but, uh, misses? Apex fights against Blood, telling Marty to escape with Fiona and Ape Speedball. They leap through the portal, leading Marty to speculate on the final battle. Back in Ape World, the invaders are defeated, but the heroes still speculate on ways to travel to 616 to cure Sue's storm. Also, mysteriously, Spider-Monkey is hidden in a webbed-up Bucky instead of slaying him. In the 616, Speedball recovers but tells Marty and Fiona that even without the vampires, the Marvel Apes world was still brutal and horrifying and that the Ape Avengers will still try to get what they want. In L.A., a teen, Roy Reyna, finds a luchador mask. At the university, Marty and Fiona seem to have fallen in love with each other as Fiona realizes Marty saved Earth-616 without anyone the wiser. And at Avengers Tower, the ape Speedball shows up to offer his services. All right, that is Marvel Apes. Christy, what did you think of this crossover? Um, so this crossover, after reading 
like a lot of like high impact, really high stakes, like crossovers that are like capstones to run and everything. It, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It didn't really feel that important or significant. Like with Kingdom Come, like this, that was like an alternate reality, but it seemed to have like some sort of message that it really wanted to hammer home. Yeah. And this wasn't really like a message. It was just like, what if Marvel but apes? And they're kind of mean. They are kind of mean. Yeah. What if I told you that this is kind of a spinoff? Okay. Tell me more. Christy, let, let's let's flash back to when we first started dating. Okay. 11 years ago. Yep. That's been a bit. Yeah. What was the most popular thing then? Zombies. Correct. This was so popular that, of course, Marvel could not help but take notice. Right. But there's no zombies in this. There are no zombies in this. But the popularity of Marvel zombies led them to think we should do more Marvel X things. And oh. Marvel Apes was a result of that. That's a choice. You know, that like Marvel Mummies? No. Mm. Marvel Frankensteins? No. Marvel Vampires? No. Marvel Apes. I think Marvel Vampires is an idea that has such legs that they had to put it in this. <laughs> I liked um, the end of the issues. You had some of like the the afterwards from like the editors and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Uh, the well, I mean, they they had some second stories, um, but like even just the letter pages, like the editor was talking about, like when this is Carl Kiesel. When Carl- when Carl came to me and was like, "Hey, but called me up and was like, what what if they were vampires?" It, I just you know it was just a thing I couldn't ignore. Yep, it had to be done. I, that was such a nonsensical thing to me. It kind of helped establish a little bit of the tribalism, I guess. It did. I think that that was... So, at the beginning, you think, oh, they beat them to death because they're, like, these brutal apes. Right. And then you're like, oh, they're not brutal apes. They're vampires. And then at the very end, Speedball is like, actually, they are, in <laughs> fact, just brutal apes. And I was like, what? They just also happen to be vampires. They just the, the vampires were like worse though. Right. Yeah. I thought that was that was a that was a baffling choice. They definitely mm-hmm. wanted to set up like a Marvel Apes 2, which as far as I'm aware does not happen. There are I feel like some little spin-off things. Spider Monkey, you probably remember from Spider-Verse. Yeah. Where he is definitely at some point eaten by one of the inheritors. <gasps> oh yeah. yeah. Oh Spider Monkey. Although in this year, like, was he a good dude? Was he trying to become a vampire? Because he, like, webbed up Bucky like he, like, had questions for him or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that was really resolved very much. I mean, that's kind of interesting considering Spider-Monkey's fate was to die by vampires. <laughs> <laughs> the the fates. The Marvel fates. Oh. Now, Roy Reyna, does he show up? Uh, Later? I think in some Marvel Zombies things, hilariously. Oh. Also, Speedball, the monkey Speedball becoming a member of the Avengers is almost never followed up on again. Okay. Now, do you remember why the whole, like, Speedball, like, like why, why would they want a monkey version of Speedball? This was after Civil War, where Speedball became, like, angsty. He turned oh. into penance. Oh. And he had that cat. Oh no! The penitent puss. Oh no! <laughs> no! Why am I reminded of this again? This was that was Zach's fault the first time. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! 
I think they were like, we got to make a, a, a fun loving, just a fun, oh, fun having no. speed level again. <laughs> the cat. The cat. The penitent puss. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of yeah, that. Yeah, that's why they wanted another speedball, I think. Mm-hmm. So Carl Kiesel wrote Final Night, which has become kind of one of our sleeper hits on this podcast. Yeah? This is not as good as that. No. No. I wouldn't I wouldn't call this, like, a good... Like, if we were a podcast that ranked things, like, it's a fun read, but it's not particularly poignant. And it... It leans a little bit too hard into the ape and, like, monkey puns for me to really consider it like this was a hilarious read. I, I find that true, and I also, I, I, I find that the tropes were just more superhero than ape, and they just tried to rely upon, like, look, they all look like monkeys. Right. But there wasn't anything like, like, they, they could have made this about, like, here, superheroes made of mashed potatoes, made a lot of mashed potato puns, and we would have gotten, like, the same story. Yeah. They didn't need to be apes. No. Except for the puns. Mm-hmm. Like, vampires could attack anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Vampire apes, which, that's kind of a fun concept. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm trying to remember if I'd seen the Gibbon in anything else. I can't think of anything. He was showed up in Amazing Spider-Man as, like, a villain, and it, it, he's like a joke. It's like, he's just a guy who's a monkey. Like a guy, <laughs> he's an ape. He's a mutant, but he just is kind of a monkey. Mm-hmm. There was a Tumblr joke once upon a time where it was like, like one day at the Xavier mansion, professor Xavier opens the door and there is a tiger sitting on his porch with a note that says, please take care of my daughter. Is this a mutant? Is it a tiger? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of that. <laughs> oh, but he can talk. He can't talk. I just, <laughs> my mutant power is I am a tiger. <laughs> I am the tiger. It's the feel of the fight. That's right. Sorry. Loving it. Mm-hmm. But no, he's and he's just. This is just kind of him. Like mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not actually an ape. I'm just a mutant who happens to look exceedingly like him. Except his whole the whole like, oh, your powers are weird. It's a Doppler shift. You think there's going to be this thing like maybe something of his is from Ape World. Right. But it's more like they just channel him to go to Ape World. So, like, if they channeled me, maybe they'd go to a world with, like, a lot of snacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talked about how if it, they had channeled Fiona, like, they would have just gone to a world with a bunch of lab-coated smart ladies who would have been able to get them back real fast. Right, although instead they do it in it just or the 616. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lab-coated smart ladies. Mm. That's some kind of heaven. <laughs> I kind of wondered... Like, we didn't see that many super villains in... What no, was because it? they beat them all to death. Right? Like, why would... It, it seems like a really strong deterrent. Yeah. Like, how did Doc Ook, Doc Ook <laughs> make it this long? <laughs> I know, right? Did, like, did Spider-Man just never catch him before? <laughs> Spider-Monkey, sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there weren't a lot of villains, other than the villains that were the invaders. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite ape pun name? I think Bruce Banana was, like, yes. so ridiculous that I had yes. to kind of like it a Bruce little bit. Bruce Banana. Bruce Banana. Just, I, I would have to say it out loud every time I read it, and it was just like, Banana. <laughs> Spider Monkey's good. Right. I do like that they later poke fun at it, and they're like, no one just names themselves, like, Gibbon. Like, what? 
There's a million Gibbons. What are you doing? <laughs> it's interesting that they made up Ape X for this, who is a gorilla who wears a luchador mask. And I was like, oh, he's like an X-Men. No, he's just different. Yeah. And the X-Men are barely in this. We just get Wolverine. Uh, we do see some ape Emma Frost in the backgrounds of some panels. <sighs> That's right. There is one cover where we have ape Spider-Woman, too. Yes. And we, I'm like, well, I guess they made it in the art. Yeah. Poor Christy. Yeah, the, the there is somewhat of an illusion of a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. But there's, like... It's like probably like five or six that yeah. that are really like. Character-y. In fact, the only the only ladies that talk in this are Sue, who looks like a human, and Fiona, correct, who is a human. Yes, pretty light on ladies. Yeah. Also, the idea of Nazi apes is like just hard for me to think about <laughs> for too long. I'm like, there was ape World War Two, right. so there was an ape Weimar Republic, and I'm like, nope, can't do this. Can't, can't think about this too much. Is there an ape Red Skull? Pro- maybe, probably. Right. This reminds me about apparently in play in like one of the planes movies, like the car spinoff. Mm-hmm. Like a-, a guy's like, like friends all like died in like a battle in the pacific during world war ii and i was like the cars universe had a world war ii (laughs) it's like things you can't think about too much right right and should not and should not i did like how green what did they call they didn't call it manhattan it was monk monkhattan 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 yeah i liked how green it was i was like lots of trees Mm mm-hmm they they ate at little tables that were just like suspended off the side of sides of buildings. Well, because they they can swing, right? I gotta admit, is Spider Monkey's power just real bad in this? Because everybody can kind of swing around. Oh yeah, like what could Spider Monkey do that just like any monkey couldn't do? Do the proportional strength of a spider? I guess but I guess he's a, stronger. But he's small. He's small but strong. <laughs> How would they even equate that as spider powers there? <laughs> He still shoots the webs, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Did we see him shoot any webs? I think so. He webbed up Bucky. He did web up Bucky. There we go. Who's just a small, little small vampire. What did you think of the choice for, I don't know enough about monkey and ape, like, species to know what, was that a, was Reed Richards a baboon? So Reed was a baboon. Mm-hmm. I think that's I was fine. right. You were right. I, I knew. I knew one monkey. I am terrible with apes, so dude, your your guess is probably. As good as <laughs> but just trying to like the, the 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 snout on the baboon already looks kind of long and stretched. I'm like, that's kind of a fun choice. Mm-hmm. Seeing who all they put as which a monkey. Some of them were just for the puns, like Iron Mandrel. Right. Yeah. Right. I think he should have been Captain Ape America, and I'm still a little upset about it. Like, they mm. had Doc Ook. They couldn't have done Captain Ape America. Was he just... He was just Cap- Captain America. Oh. Which also means there was an Ape America, which means there was an Ape American Revolution. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> uh, uh, well, they were the United Simians of America. Yeah. Not the United States. Right. So, like, did they not have states? Oh, maybe they didn't. They were just one big country. For all we know, Monkhattan is the only place they live. We don't know. That's true. They don't really go anywhere else other than to the North Atlantic. 
Also, like, what was the guarantee that Cap was going to be frozen in an iceberg after he was drained by a vampire? Was he drained by a vampire and the vampire chucked him in the sea? No explanation there. It's it's fine, but I was just... That's where he was in in the human universe, so sure. As above, so below. The below is apes. <laughs> the below is eight. Yeah. Or maybe it's eight above. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo. Your boos mean nothing. They're very cute. You love them. You live for the booze. <laughs> oh, that sounds like you drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, readers might be noticing that we've also completely ignored the, like, history of the Marvel, of the eight Marvel Universe stuff in the back. I found it, like, incomprehensible. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody thought they were really funny. It was, um, well, it was, I think it was, um. I did like the bit with who watches the watcher, the watcher watcher watches the watcher. <laughs> that was fun, but I was like, what Keep is this watching. The Ace? Keep watching. I'm watching you. Keep watching. I'm sworn not to interfere. <laughs> I'm just watching you. The the watcher I'm watcher is good. You. The whole like watching you. It is we are getting silly. <laughs> but then I was like, I, I didn't summarize it. I was like, this is some of this is just the Marvel universe, but someone got to draw monkeys in superhero costumes. At one point, the watcher was drunk, and then they're like, oh look, the watcher's drunk. Yep. Yep. It was it was cute enough. Yeah, it was fine. That was that was that was kind of how I felt about this entire deal. It's kind of how you know you felt about about me. Yeah, cute enough. <laughs> Christy, you are cute enough. Will you marry me? <laughs> and readers, that's exactly how he proposed. <laughs> All right, with that, let's go to some Twitter questions. <laughs> Twitter questions. Okay, our first questions come from at Asimov underscore fangirl. Hi, would the event be better or more successful if it was Marvel Kitties? I do love the idea of Marvel Kitties. That'd be real cute. Captain America? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, would it just be Spider Kitten? Spider Spider Kitten? Uh, okay. Iron Man Coon? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Iron Man Coon? You know that whoever got transported to that universe, there'd be like a, a panel where they have like an astonished face and they say, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I would love Marvel Kitties. Mm-hmm. And second question, if you had counterparts in sentient animal universes like the Marvel Apes or the Spider-Ham universe, what animal would you be? A golden retriever. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I always thought I'd be a cat. Yeah, you were very cat-like. Mm-hmm. You like laying in the sun. You fall asleep really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I like when you pet my hair. Yeah, you're very you're very cat-like. <laughs> All right. Next question comes from at Corey Marie twenty one. Reading this, would you ever willingly read the DC equivalent JL Ape? Is there? I don't. I I need to look this up because I don't know if Corey is kidding. I mean. I don't know. I would if a patron requested it. This is a real thing. JL Ape Guerrilla Warfare. 
Oh my gosh. It is a crossover event published in the various DC annuals in 1999. However, it takes place in the actual prime DC universe. Mmm. The JLA safer Batman are transformed into apes and must deal with both this and the resulting crises. Oh. I would like people being transformed into apes. I think that's kind of fun. That is kind of a neat take on it. I would I would read it on a lark or if somebody told me it's to. It's like 10 issues though, so Oh, no. Right no, no. I would not read that. No. <laughs> 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 All right, our next question comes from at Jason Large. If you had to turn all the Marvel superheroes into one specific non-human species, what would it be? And fictional species are acceptable. I'm going to cheat. They're all dinosaurs. How is that cheating? That's not one species. Oh. Okay, well, I still feel like that that works. That's fun. Yeah. Like, imagining little, like, Tony Stark with, like, T-Rex arms. I like the Velociraptor Captain Britain that was in X of Swords. Oh. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think frogs would be fun. Everybody's frogs? Yeah. That'd be pretty good. There's already a frog Thor. There is already a frog Thor. <laughs> I, I just think about the little, like, Warner Brothers frog. Oh, like, okay. I, 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 I just think that frog's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's neat. I just think frogs are neat. I don't like have a particular attachment to frogs. I just feel like they they would look really fun in superhero costumes. They would. They'd look delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next question. At Austin Gorton says, if you were to assemble a roster of Marvel heroes in which each hero was a different animal, whether uh, a team of all apes, etc. How would you break it down? This is a hard question. Because we first have to make a team, and then we have to turn them into animals. Oh, yeah. What if we take, like, an existing team? Like, what? what go through, like, the current X-Men lineup. There's, there's not a current X-Men lineup. It's all of them. Well, I thought they just announced a new team. Oh, they did. They did. So Cyclops is... Mm, a flamingo. Okay, I like that. <laughs> uh, Jean Grey is mm. a cardinal, like a bird, because that's kind of phoenixy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, is this going to be the bird version of? What if I had a cardinal tattoo, but it had the little the little Marvel girl mask on it? Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Who else we got? We've got Polaris, and if if we're sticking with birds here. Is Polaris like a like a peacock or like I should get into that. Mm-hmm. Laura Kinney is a red tailed hawk. Oh yeah, yeah. Sunfire. Uh, like like a parrot. Like a parrot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now what about Sink? Is he like a mockingbird because he can do all the songs? <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Is that is that it? We is, we do everybody? That our team? Rogue. Mm-hmm. What has a nice white stripe? Oh, there's a lot. There are a lot of birds with fun white stripes. Rogue is a bird. I think she'd be like a Carolina, like a Carolina chickadee. They've got like the white. Mm, yeah, and mm. it's almost like a little plume of white, isn't it? I don't remember. It's kind of around their face. Okay. A little bit. Okay. Yeah, we're we're gonna upset some rogue fans, I think. <sighs> Carolina chickadees are delightful. Mm-hmm. I love them. Polaris also could have been a hummingbird. 
<gasps> like a ruby-throated hummingbird? Yeah. yeah I kind of like that. That might That's be better one. than the peacock. Are we got to talk right. about birds? Best our, episode our, ever. Our bird, our bird X-Men lineup. The, the, bird, the bird X-Men. All right. And our final question from at Big Dad Energy. Were comics a mistake? Possibly. This is, I feel like this was just, this was like, this was a standard length of comic. I mean, I not a standard. It's definitely off the beaten track for comics. Yeah, but like, I would have never read it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there is absolutely no way. I don't know. I'm ch- I'm just trying to even think about, like, is this a comic that would necessarily even appeal to, like, kids? Like, who is the target audience for this? I don't know. And maybe that's not, that's not always, like, a worthwhile question, I think. Because whoever finds meaning in it finds meaning in it. But like, what is the meaning? It is just, it is a standard superhero story. They are apes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watched the staged version of it. I think the staged version would be fun. Oh, it would be. There'd be some song about the law of the jungle. Yeah, well, we're going to get into some of the songs <laughs> here in the accolades. Accolades. All right, Christy, what is that line that is the best? Okay, so I feel like I got a little sick of the the monkey and the ape puns, but one that kind of I thought was was fun enough for me that wasn't necessarily punny, but was still kind of the the, the monkey on theme. It was on brand. Um, was Speedball talking to Marty, and he says, "See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Gotta love the classics." Uh. <laughs> I'm like it's still grown worthy, but it's not like name of a monkey pun, right? Mine comes from the Gibbon, who at one point the speedball of this universe, who is still like the kinetic bouncy hero, mm-hmm. asks the Gibbon about the speedball of his universe, and he goes, "Oh yeah, uh, he <clears throat> he really left his mark on my world. Believe me, everyone knows who Speedball is. But between that, there's the caption of he destroyed a city and is now one of the most hated people in the world." <laughs> Gosh, I really I feel like Carl Kiesel had like a real soft spot for Speedball and is like, I must redeem him by making him moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. Now, what about your greatest hero? I got to give it to Apex. Oh, okay. He kind of he kind of learned from his mistakes and saved the day at the very end. Mm-hmm. Fought off the evil cap. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally buy that. I get that. I get that line of logic. I gave it to Marty the Given, um, you know, just because he, he he had to make it make it through all that. He was he was like a normal monkey. Do you feel bad that he went from a universe that basically didn't care about him because his powers weren't that interesting to a universe where he was like basically the same as everybody else mm-hmm. and is somehow less interesting? Right. Oh, so sad. <laughs> Oh. All right. What was your coolest moment? My coolest moment was like the bit where Marty is presuming how the fight is going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. The art in this was not like a wow factor for me. Right. I mean, it was some real cartoony apes and monkeys. But like nothing felt, nothing to me felt super like dynamic or like, oh, this is like a big kapow panel. Right. Like, totally yeah. Fine. Yeah. So that's kind of what I got. A lot of times for these, I pick like, oh, there's a panel where, you know, the the sentry blows up an entire city or whatever, and it's, whoa. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. That's the best I got. I gave mine to the moment that they were um, 
in the fight and Vampire Cap throws the shield and it ricochets and gets caught by actual Cap. And you have this moment mm-hmm. of, oh, actual Cap's back. And he's like, it's like, never left my hand. Oh, that's the Wonder Woman theme. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about that Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy? You know, uh, my favorite classical vampire power is when you drink enough of somebody's blood, somehow you end up looking like them. And if they're a superhero, you, you are basically not, you're barely even a vampire anymore. You just drink <laughs> blood for fun. Do you, do you, you can stay out in the light? Mm-hmm. You, they can see you in mirrors. You right. just got teeth. Why do you look like them? Well, that's just a normal thing that happens. <laughs> Only when you drink Captain America's blood. Yeah. They really, boy, Captain America's blood pulled a lot of weight in this right? verisimilitude of this, this story. <laughs> so my Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy, I gave to one particular monkey pun name. It was in some sort of green costume there. I don't know that there was any equivalent uh, to it, um, but he was called Monkey C because he has a photographic memory. And so Monkey see, Monkey Do. They could not resist. <laughs> I, like, I read it and was like, boy, they just could not help themselves. I'm like, that, that's so bad. And it's Monkey C like the letter C. Yes. It's so silly. All right. Then our next accolade is the Key of C accolade, which we give to a moment in a comic that we feel would be most enhanced by a musical number. I thought the misunderstanding in the Sanctum Sanctorum where they're running all through places and falling through portals would have been really fun. It's like a big ensemble. Oh, that would be fun. Mm. I thought the, like, the uh, dismembering of uh, Doc Ook and that whole, like, hey, we're doing fun monkey stuff, but wait, oh no, oh no. And, like, um, Marty is like, you know, Cap is looking at me like he's saying, like, are you with us or against us? But And those aren't, like, actual things that Cap is saying. They're just, like, how he interprets the look. But I feel like that could have been, like, a really, like, with us or against us, like, kind of a fun chorus there. Just this dark turning moment for what has been a light and jovial adventure so far. Mm-hmm. All right. I will do- go down with this ship, platonic or romantic ships here. Who are you shipping? I ship Wolverine and Cap Ape. Okay. They kind of had a fun dynamic for a little bit. And when it was like, like the, is this the real one? And it was like, yeah, I gave him that, that scar back in 44. We didn't kiss or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I shipped Marty and Fiona, not even like in a romantic way. They just like, he really looked out for her and like took care of her and, like, tried to be a hero for her, even though, like, when the story sh- started out, like, she couldn't even get his name right. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I thought, I, to me, that felt a little forced. But I don't, I don't, you're like, ship it as a romantic thing. I'm just like, oh, I feel like that. by the end they wanted them to be romantic. Oh, no, I didn't get that at all. Oh, okay. The, the bit where they were, there was in, no like, chemistry there. No, but the bit where they're in, like, he's like hanging on the yard and she's like, I just figured out you saved the world. And he's like, well, gosh, I sure did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was supposed to be right. No, no, no. Okay. If it was, it was very badly written romance. Perfect. <laughs> all right. What about the goodest hit? The best hit? Mm-hmm. When the cap ape comes back and like really socks Namor. 
Oh, that is a fun hit. Yeah. I I like Cap Ape hitting Vampire Cap Ape. Oh, that is good. Over the, over the head with the shield. It just takes one bonk on the head with the shield, one thwam, and he's down. I was like, that was it? That was all it took? All right. One bonk on the head. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, readers, for sticking with us as we talked through Marvel 8s. It was bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. We're very, very peppy tonight. <laughs> uh, readers, you, you will not miss a beat, but we are going on vacay. Mm-hmm. Please wish us luck. It's going to be a lot of driving. By the time they hear this, Chris, we will be on the beach. Well, then they can wish us a good trip back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when this episode drops, we will be on the beach. On the beach. Yeah. Yep. Good time. We, we have a nice little isolated beach to hang out. At. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. Good times. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can send us those long form messages at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. And if you want to support us monetarily, uh, you can hit up Kofi or Patreon. Links are in the show notes. And with Patreon, we've got some fun uh, tiers and rewards for you. You can tell us what to cover. You can give us accolades, all sorts of fun things. So make sure you check that out. But if you can't support us monetarily, Chris, what can they do? Leave us those reviews on iTunes, Facebook, Stitcher, Google Play. I think you can. those are all places you can leave some sort of reviews. Wherever you can review podcasts. And we'll read out those five-star iTunes reviews on the air. Mm-hmm. And you can also check out Chris and I's writing, um, where you can also find this this podcast now at comicsxf.com. I'm currently not writing anything there, wrapped up my X-Men coverage. There will be more in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like the other writing went away. It's gone now. It's still there. It's Snapchat of writing. <laughs> Readers, next time we are going to be starting coverage on the fan favorite crossover, Executioner Song. It's very 90s. Christy's Christie's nailed it. <laughs> and until next time, readers. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>